Hi, Preston. Hi, Vicky. How are you today? I'm very good, thank you. How about you? I'm, I'm very good, thanks. Uh, welcome to the podcast. I, I know I know from uh, Emily that you're good friends. Yes. Uh, Emily, Emily came on the other day and did a podcast with me, yeah. talking about her experiences and working with RS uh, components. So you're you're also an RS components person, and your title, as far as I know, is head of uh, content supplier programs. Is that That's correct. Not that yes. correct? Yes. So, so could you just explain? For for the listeners, what what that means and how, how you how you came to meet Emily? Yes, absolutely. Um, so it's it's a relatively new title actually. We've created a new team within our business. Um, so before that, I was head of content publication and enrichment. Um, and what it means is my team are um, responsible for supplier funded and um, supplier headed up programs uh, in that we enrich their on, online presence and data and content. Um, there's, there's a lot more to it, but I don't obviously want to, to, to bore everyone with the finer details. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's quite exciting. Uh, new team, lots of things to go after and look at. So it's lots of fun. Um, and with regards to Emily, yes, we, we met uh, at RS Components. We'd kind of brushed brush shoulders before in the past um but we met mainly through the um spectrum lgbtq plus and allies community that i that i head up um and yeah we've become firm friends ever since so are you based down in london as well or are you at a different site I'm actually in Kettering, um, Kettering okay. yes, but usually, um, you know, when COVID isn't around, uh, I'm based in the Corby site, which is one of our distribution centres, and we've got um, some office space there as well. So that's Corby, which is, if my geography is correct, is that somewhere near Leicester? It is. It's kind of between Leicester, Peterborough and Kettering. So, I mean, I can get to London relatively quickly on the train here. It takes about 20, 30 minutes. So I do right. down to the London office from time to time. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's quite a good central location. Yeah. So am I right to assume that you're transgender as well? I am, yes. So you're a trans man. Correct. And could you just give us a kind of a a brief kind of history of how you discovered that you were trans and you know just your story a little bit yeah um so my my upbringing um sort of involved quite a lot of um faith and um i remember very very early on sort of always knowing that i was a boy um and people asking me what i wanted to be when i grow up my answer was always a boy. <laughs> um, so I've got some vivid memories of things that I did as a child. Um, and then sort of hitting my 20s, I thought maybe, you know, maybe I am just lesbian. Um, and that I tried to just, just live, you know, a lesbian life. And, you know, I had lots of really good friends within the community, had never met a trans person before. Um, still something in the back of my mind that wasn't quite right and I really struggled to figure that out um, and it just so happened I came across somebody on YouTube one day um, a trans guy in America and it just all clicked into place so yeah absolutely this this is who I am 
didn't know you could transition, didn't know it was possible, had always had dreams about it as a child. Um, and so, yeah, I started my journey, must be about 10 years ago now. Oh, wow. Long time. Um, yeah, so, so it's quite a while back. Um, and yeah, I mean, even back then, sort of the waiting lists and times were quite large. Um, and then, you know, just got to know more and more people within the community and, and here I am today. <laughs> yeah. So, so did you kind of have a leader double life prior to this and you were, were you kind of hiding things and, and yeah. not talking to people about how you felt? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, before, before I moved out um, and sort of hit my twenties, yes, did live a, a double life. It wasn't something that was talked about. Um, I knew if I revealed how I felt that, um, you know, that would cause some sort of controversy and, yep. and issues. Um, so it wasn't something that was ever really discussed. Um, so, yeah. So you know, previous jobs, I guess, prior to, you know, RS components, you wouldn't have been openly out in those positions. So there was there was one job where I first came out um, that was handled terribly. Yeah. Um, I was told, well, we can we can provide you with a male uniform, but we won't be referring to you as he him, um, or you know, updating records and name changes. Yeah. Awful. Um, so swiftly <laughs> left that business. Yeah. Don't um, <laughs> but there was a period of time then where I was enough into my transition that I was able to be stealth as we call it within the community yeah. so you know it wasn't out um and you know that was my first full-time job as Preston right. and I wanted people to get to know me really because it wasn't it doesn't define who I am um it's it's part of me but it isn't who I am you know I'm, yeah. I've got hobbies and interests like anybody else I wanted to people to get to know me and then you know as I got comfortable with people um there was a a rumor starting to go around the business from social media um so I just took my manager aside at the time and she was you know completely supportive um it was a it was a really good job actually and I still keep in touch with the people I worked with back then and they, you know, helped me. I had quite a bad time with my chest surgery, actually. I was hospitalised for quite a while. Um, but they were fully supportive. And, you know, my boss and some of the other employees used to come around and bring me food and do my washing. And, you know, real real community spirit looked after me. So so that was quite positive. And then when I first started at RS Components, um, you know, I handed my documents over. My passport at the time was in my old name. Um, but I needed a, a passport, so I handed that to the manager at the time, who you know didn't didn't bat an eyelid, didn't say anything, and it, even after I'd been there, you know, a good six months or so, hadn't said anything. Um, and then one day it just came up in conversation, yeah. and she was very much, you know, that's your own personal business; it's not for me to disclose. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, very supportive, uh, and then. I pretty, pretty much outed myself to the entire business when we started Spectrum and some of the campaigns that we did at the time. Um, and so there's just been no looking back since, really. I'm, I'm yeah. So, so, when, you, so when, you, when you were going through that kind of coming out stage at work, I mean, did, did the company have any 
kind of official policies in place or support groups or was it all kind of or were you probably one of the the first people to transition at work at the time yeah so we with RS components we, we have policies in place it's something that now we've started the community that we've helped redefine and um, go into a bit more depth with but at the time yes very very much you know HR knew the policies knew that you know there's protected characteristics and, yeah. and what was okay we had an anti-bullying campaign uh, anti-bullying policy um, so they, they, it was already in place um, right. and then we've just through the work we've done like I say we've redefined that we've there's things that we do with training and and you know the meetings that we have to help people understand what those policies mean a bit better um and yeah help educate people so did rs components when they originally put in these policies was was that something they did kind of off their own bat or, or was it was it via um organizations like stonewall no i think initially um you know that was just from the hr department there was no, right. no, i mean that's no very input on that. yeah it's very forward-looking of them because a lot, a lot yes. of companies don't, you know, they, they yes. don't have any policies in place. Which is, I yeah, mean, I think it's great to hear that RS components did that, you know, early on. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not sure when when those policies were put in place um, because I'm, you know, I've only been there for five years or so. Um, but we've we've come a long way since then as well. So they kind of got the the foundation there, and we've just helped that grow and. and you know helped i think it's been more about building the right culture so although yeah. you've got those policies in place it doesn't mean that there, there isn't gossip or that people weren't um you know uneducated or or doing things that they they shouldn't have been um and that's where we've come in and we've really helped build that culture and make people feel safe at work and and um i think it's it's about the way that we've gone about that. It, it's our strategy. I think it's all in all encompassing. It's about diversity in general, rather yeah. than just for the community. And that's built on respect, whether that be you know your faith, uh, your race, um, your sex, your you know um, gender identity, um, we or your well-being or your disability. Uh, we're very intertwined with the other communities and it really is important that everybody feels okay to bring their true self to work whether yes. you're in the community or not yeah absolutely so I, i'm involved with similar organizations for the company i work for which is bay systems and yeah. we we have various what they call employee resource groups for you know the full range of dni um things so there's there's pretty much a group for every kind of characteristic, I would say, such yeah. as LGBT, um, disability. Uh, we have a new one called the uh, Gender Network, which is to do with you know gender pay gap kind of issues. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, you know, there's a whole list of them, and they tend to a little bit work in isolation from each other, mm. and. We, you know, we're, we're trying to work towards where there's common issues that we work together to try yeah. and re resolve the issue for the, you know, for all the ERGs in one go. Yeah. I mean, have you have you found you, you have similar kind of groups, RS components, or is it all under one 
yeah. kind of umbrella system. No, we, yeah, we, we have uh, a few actually. So we have kind of four key pillars that our global head of diversity um, supports with and has implemented, but we were already kind of on that journey. So we have um, LifeWorks, which is about mental health and well-being. Yep. So that includes financial health, um, you know, disability. Yep. Then we have the Elevate Group, which is started off regarding the gender pay gap. Um, and, you know, they, they're really good. That There's issues that they talk about, you know, inclu- including um, how managers handle menopause at work. Yep. People that are menopausal yep. too. Um, just, just one of the sort of topics and things that they look at. Um, and then we have uh, another group called Embrace. So that's the, um, you know, race and ethnic minority. Oh, our, um, ours is called the same thing. So maybe, oh. <laughs> maybe there's some connections there. Yeah, yeah. And then we have Spectrum, which is obviously the LGBTQ. And, and as you say, it's, it is absolutely vital that we all work together because they all cross over. So, yeah. you know, you could be in the LGBT community. You could be a black gay man. Yes, exactly. Um, and, so the, you know, lo- lots of issues affect one group will affect another group in a slightly different way. Absolutely. And we were one of the first groups to set up. And at the time, we, we had a lanyard campaign. Yeah. Um, and we've been very focused on that it isn't just for people in the community, it's for allies too, or people that want to learn more. Um, so we, we launched a campaign where we asked everybody to wear a lanyard to show that they, they're a safe person to talk to at work and that they support the community. Um, and when we did that, we had, we had a meeting beforehand to sort of talk about what we were doing and why. And we discussed the, um, you know, the gay pride flag with the addition of the, the black and brown colour. Yep. Um, and that was quite interesting because at the time there was no representation from any of the other sort of minorities to, to have any input on that. But we felt it was absolutely important that as a community, we talk about inclusion and we talk about diversity, that we felt it was really important for us as a business to have those two colours included. So yeah, so the, so the new on. the new uh, rainbow flag in- includes those colours and it also has it the trans colours in a in a little arrow at the top, doesn't it? Absolutely, yeah. 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 So, so yeah, this, I mean, we were talking a couple of years ago. Yeah. So we, we started on that journey, so we even our basic foundation knew that that was what we were about. And then the Embrace group came along and now we work with them. Um, we have a, a year calendar together where we put all our important dates in and then we support each other with those campaigns or where we can, you know, get each yeah. other involved. So it's really important. So Spe- Spectrum was the name that you came up with for the LGBTQ plus group. And, and you yeah. were instrumental in starting that. Can you can you just talk about how how actually how that came about? Yeah, um, we as a business at the time we had um, a head of diversity who, because we had an office based in London, we had uh, become involved in Pride in the City. Yeah. Um, and I was invited, so we were invited to go down to London. Um, they, they ran a competition within the business. So you would win two tickets to London Pride and VIP access. Um, and then there were some other sort of um, meetings with Pride in the City that you could attend and some sort of panel discussions. So I put my name forward and um, I was lucky enough to win one of the tickets. So I went to Pride, had a great time um, representing the business. And then I went to one of the panel discussions and it coincided with 
RS was already um, sort of hosting a, um, there was a big, a big meeting down in London where they were showcasing some technologies and robotics and with other suppliers. Um, so that sort of hung around afterwards. Um, we have a big Titan truck, which is where all our gadgets are kept. Um, and I remember having a chat with the, the head of diversity at the time. And um, she, she sort of mentioned how she'd got into diversity um, and it was mainly from a, a gender pay gap perspective um, and that she wanted to do more with other communities too. And that's where the idea came from, really. Um, I thought it'd be really good to launch a employee support group. Yeah. Um, we had lots of ideas at the time. We have a, a newsletter for work. We thought it'd be really good to put some features in there. To, we had inclusion week coming up. We wanted to, to get involved in that. Um, and so that's where it initially started. And then we had a new global head of diversity and inclusion come in. So the key addition to the title there was global um, and her name is um, Jess and she has really taken our plans and just really put them into fruition. She had experience with scaling up these kinds of communities in the past yeah. um, and she, she really has helped us get to where we want to be and knows where we want to be in the future as well. And since then, you know, the trajectory and, and the things we've done have just kind of skyrocketed. And it's, it's been amazing to see the, the reaction from employees. And you know, just when you think you, you've helped everybody you can and that you've got the word out and everybody knows about the community. Um, you know, only two days ago, we had somebody else reach out to us who their daughter has just come out as transgendered and... You know, she wanted to talk to us about it and wanted to thank us for the support that we provided people within the business. So, oh, that's nice. Um, that's great. Yeah, it's so lovely. The Spectrum, the name. I really, I really like that name. It kind of it tells you everything you need to know in one word, doesn't it? Yeah. It's a it's a great name. So, I mean, Spectrum is is the name of the, your your employee network for LGBTQ people, yeah. and I guess that started as just a UK based organisation within RS Components. And now, has it kind of gone global to all your sites? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so initially, we, we reached out to another really big um, company who had a really successful employee-led um, community, and they, they were called Spectrum 2. Right. And it, it just seemed perfect, but they gave us some really good tips and really good advice. And I think since Jess has come in, that's where we've been able to go global. So we've... We've run different campaigns where we've reached out across the globe to see if there's anybody that wants to be involved. Um, so, for example, Inclusion Week, um, we have a trans lady over in the Philippines who wanted to be on board. Yeah. Um, so she told her story. Um, and so then, you know, her area have now gone off and said, OK, well, we'll do something. Um, we've had um, employees in America reach out who wanted to be a part of it. Um, we've also looked at how we can support prides in different countries. Um, obviously, COVID's scuppered some of our plans, <laughs> um, yeah. but we were looking at um, sponsoring Dallas Pride. We were looking at sponsoring Hong Kong Pride. Um, and so with us working from home or being stuck in offices um, and not able to celebrate, we've done little campaigns in those countries where we've you know asked employees to tell their story on social media or uh, 
um, we've got an internal social media that we use as well. And you'll find that once one person starts talking about it, then other people feel safe to or feel inspired to. And that's how it's kind of it's grown naturally, really. Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of you're creating a safe environment for people to talk about this yeah. kind of thing, which is really Absolutely. important. Yeah. And then we have the aspect of we know there's some countries we operate in where we have to be very cautious of local yeah. law. Um, but we take the opinion that um, it's important that if you are in one of those countries where you don't feel safe um, and that there are local laws against you, you still know that your company supports you. And you yeah, still so, um, know there's other people you can talk to. Yeah, so I'm, I'm assuming your company does have you know, um, operations in some of these, uh, let's call them Middle East countries, yeah. where there's some pretty draconian laws against uh, LGBT people. So those employees working overseas, maybe they're UK citizens or, or local people. Um, how how does how does Spectrum support them? In you know, when it comes to you know local laws as opposed to UK laws. Yeah, and I don't think we have. Um, a problem so much with people traveling to those countries um, and we would also make sure that they're sort of aware you know to make sure they're safe and, and perhaps yeah. rise against that um, but for but for the people that do work in those countries um, it, it's very similar I remember Jess telling us a story from a previous business that she worked at and somebody was sort of not happy about their business supporting pride um, and their attitude was, well, we're not happy with your business if, you know, that's how you feel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we, we, we have to be absolutely respectful of that country's laws, but we also support our employees by saying that, um, you know, we see you, we're here for you, you can reach out to anybody at any time. And that as a business, our view is that we support all of our employees, no matter their background, no matter their gender identity, you know, no matter who they love. And um, that's our viewpoint. And as a business, we will not be deterred from that. Um, so it's difficult. We have to manage it very, very carefully. Um, yeah. And we will, you know, we, we talk to Jess a lot about um, who, who we affiliate with and, and um, you know, what we can do to, to help support with, I know politics is, is quite a hot topic. Yes. Indeed. But you know, if, there, if there's, there's things we're looking at at the moment that we could sign up to that, that make our company's viewpoint very clear. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, one of, the, one of the things that I think a lot of companies are signing up to at the moment is the Trans Rights to Human Rights um, campaign that was organized yeah. by uh, Bobby Picard. Yeah. Trans in the City, I know Emily's spoken about that in the past. Yeah. Is that something that your company is um, planning on signing up to at some point? I believe it's something we're discussing at the moment. Absolutely. Right. Um, I'm, 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 I don't have any update on where we, where we are. With yeah, that, I mean, yeah, it, it kind of is. It's also some companies view it as being political, a bit like the yeah. traveling overseas question we just discussed. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm trying to get our company to sign up to that, and it, it's been. Yeah it's been particularly difficult to yeah. you know persuade them to do it but you know they, they are working their way towards doing it which is good yeah 
Yeah, and the, I think the important thing is having that support at the very top. Um, yeah. Our CEO um, released a video on social media not so long back um, regarding Black Lives Matter. They made yeah. his viewpoint and the company's viewpoint very, very clear and that, you know, racism within our business would absolutely not be tolerated. Exactly. Um, we've just had a launch, um, a diversity and inclusion video launched on social media, um, which Emily was involved with. Um, and again, that's that's really getting the message out there that, that that's what we believe in as a business. We believe in our employees and we believe in we believe in the power of diversity because everybody has different experiences and different ideas they can bring to the table. And that makes the most functional teams. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I know both yourself and Emily have been on, you're on a trans awareness week for my G work um, okay. last year on a panel of four. Yeah. Now I, I did see that. Um, I did watch it when it was broadcast back then. And I've, I've recently joined uh, my G work. And I, I found you and Emily in there. So I've yeah. sent you invites. I mean, can you just explain how you how you got onto that panel and um, you know what what it was all about? Yeah, um, so the, the there's two brothers that founded My G Work, um, um, and I think Jess has known them for quite some time, um, and we were very very certain very early on that we wanted to be affiliated with them. It, it was it's a great way. Of sharing, so they're, they're a, um, a business for helping people within the community find work. Right. And, you know, our policies are very clear. So we really encouraged going out into universities um, because, you know, a lot of university students go back in the closet, so to speak, when they start their first full time job. Yeah. Um, to tell them that they're, they're safe to work with us. Um, and so it was the same with my G work for any employees we're looking for in future we want them to know we're a safe space so, so my my g work is a bit like linkedin i assume it's the same kind of absolutely setup. yeah yeah it's that sort of setup um but there's there's daily sort of postings on jobs and news um and you can build a network up on there and get to know people as well so was it specifically put together for the lgbt community or was it is it yeah kind of broader than that yeah, no, absolutely. It, it was initially that was what it was set up for, but I think right. it's grown to such a. They've just recently won an award, actually. It's grown to such a sort of stature that there's many, many people on there now, and businesses are, are really happy to to support and sign up. So, um, so yeah, we were approached. We had lots of pride events and pride things planned, and sponsorships, and then COVID hit. Um, so Pierre reached out to us from YG Work and said, look, we're, we're going to do something a, a bit crazy. We're going to do our first ever global pride online. And, and we're always up for a challenge and we're always up for the new and the different. So we were like, we'll be there. Absolutely. Yeah, it was it was um, a great it was a great. Uh, it was it was really event. good. It was yeah, really good. It I really did enjoy was. watching. That. So. Yeah. So we reached out to lots of people in the community and just said, these are all the topics and all the subjects coming up. Um, it'd be amazing if you can all get involved. So I think we had a lady called Natasha, um, her, her, her and her wife have a five-year-old daughter and there was a, a panel on parenting as a, a parents within the LGBTQ community. Um, and like I said, me and Emily 
uh, we're on the trans awareness panel. Um, Jess talked about building strategies for the community. Um, so yeah, we're, everybody within the community is really, really passionate about what we do. So they're always happy to be involved and speak. Um, so there were events throughout the whole of Transgender Awareness Week, not just that uh, one day. Well, not just that, oh, sorry, no, yeah. Um, so Transgender Awareness Week was different. Um, I think I'm confusing the two. So we've helped with two events recently. Yeah, the one I um, saw was in, it was in November. Yeah. So I'm assuming it was for Trans Awareness Week. Yes, yeah, that was for the, the Trans Awareness Week. So me and Emily supported with that one. But prior yeah. to that, we'd had a... a oh, you've been on another one as well. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, the, the I mean, Pride, Pride event was a week-long event, and that was hundreds of businesses signed up. We supported, uh, so we sponsored the Friday, which was around mental health in the community. Um, and then, yeah, myself and Emily helped with the Trans Awareness Week. And, and again, it's something we're really passionate about, and it's important. Um, and so whenever me and Emily are, are offered to speak, something we actively accept and, and are proud to do yeah I mean, yeah it was it was really a great event so i mean your your company you say it supports pride events you know prior to covid coming along and stopping them all yeah so <laughs> has did the company prior to you know 2020 did the company attend um some prides in the uk yes so um the first one we just sent representation for was London Pride. We were having discussions this year because obviously our community, um, our sorry, employee network has it's been around for two years. So yeah. we're still quite early on in still the journey. Quite, yeah. So we were having more discussions around being more heavily involved in London this year. Um, the, the last year we sponsored the first ever Kettering Pride. We were the headline sponsor. Um, because RS is quite a well-known name in this area, and we thought it was important to add our name to that and show that's you know what we're about and who we are. Yeah. Um, we had <laughs> we had just found out that we'd been offered headline sponsor for another fairly big pride in this area. Obviously, I, I can't disclose because it, it wasn't officially communicated. Um, and got cancelled due to COVID. So we were really, really excited about that. So we're hoping next year that will happen. Um, and like I said, we were starting to reach out in the communities. So we were starting to help in Germany. We were looking at sponsoring Pride there, Dallas Pride and Hong Kong yeah. Pride. But COVID's just stopped yeah, us in our tracks. stopped them all, hasn't it? It's, everything's yeah. gone online yeah. last year. And it, Again, that's why we wanted to be involved with my G work because there was yeah. a pride online that we could actually I mean, be involved yeah. in. So, I mean, most most of these cancelled pride events did go online and, and still had some something going on, despite the fact yeah. that nobody could meet. Yeah, absolutely. So, has I mean, a, has the company been involved in any trans pride events? I mean, um, Brighton being the obvious big one in the UK. Again, something we want to look at. Um, yeah. We were quite, so 2019, uh, starting in January, we were a really small community and, and we were just kind of setting out. And so that's why Kettering was the first one. You know, when you've got a, um, an employee group, you need to have a sponsor. So we sorted out sponsorship within the business to be able to help us fund those kinds yeah. of events. Yeah. So last year was supposed to be our bigger year where we were really going to start 
you know, spending more money to, yeah. to support other events. Um, so it really is just a shame because, you know, then this year it would have been even bigger and there would have been more things we looked at, such as Transpride um, and, you know, there's there was by pride as well yeah um but it's just take this step by step isn't it you take it, it a bit, bit at a time and then and you have to kind of behind you you have to kind of convince the company to fund these less less well-known pride events as well which is probably a bit of a challenge at times yeah i don't think um I don't think convincing them is an issue we have, actually. I think it's something that they're very, very supportive of. I think it's just about where we do it and why. Yeah. Um, so we are sponsoring uh, the first ever Rainbow Mile of the Tour of Cambridgeshire next year. Right. This year, sorry. This year. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot it's New Year. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that was something, again, that was supposed to happen last year. So we were approached, and it was through sort of mutually knowing people, um, by somebody that's a supplier for RS components who are also involved um, with the Tour of Cambridgeshire as, as a, a sort of another hat that they wear. Um, and they really had this vision to be more diverse and to be more inclusive. Um, you know, cycling is a very male dominated sport. They wanted to involve more women, they wanted to involve more children, they wanted to involve more people from the community uh, and at least make them know that it was a safe event for them to take part in too. So they approached us because they they needed support. They didn't know where to go and how to approach it or what to do. Um, so we offered to have a, a, a sort of supportive role as well as a sponsorship role. So we we helped them with you know the website wording, um, their strategy planning. Um, and then the sponsorship of the Rainbow Mile itself. And then on the back of that, they had an idea around um, also raising money uh, for a charity. And they weren't sure which charity they you know, wanted to get involved with. They, they didn't really know many charities at the time. Um, so, you know, we were really, really keen with the, the current political climate that um, Mermaids was a, a really good suggestion. So... We had meetings this year with mermaids who are more than happy to be involved. Um, so if you go on the Tour of Cambridgeshire website now, you will see the Rainbow Mile is sponsored by RS Components, but you, you also have the ability when you buy your ticket to make a donation to mermaids too. Oh, that's great. Um, so, you know, something we're really proud of. We've, we've got everything crossed that it goes ahead in the summer this year because we've cancelled it once already. Yeah. Um, but that, that was a really good link up because, you know, it's there's going to be some really big um, names in the biking industry there. And that we as a business supply tools and, and components. So, um, you know, it kind of all interlinked and it worked really well. Um, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that and hoping, hoping it goes ahead. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it sounds as though your company is, instead of just attending Pride events, you, you or other events, you, you're really getting into the kind of the real issues and, you know, supporting smaller organizations to do things. Yeah, absolutely. Is, yeah, that's, that's really great. That's what these Pride events are all about, really. Yeah, I think that's really important as well, because we were once a very small employee support group. And, yeah. 
you know, in, in two years, we've come a very long way. But we, we wouldn't have got here if we hadn't had that help from other businesses very early on, showing us what they'd done and how they'd approached it. And I'm a very strong believer in paying it forward. So, yeah. you know, we want to help other businesses too, but, but not just businesses, people. You know, there was people that helped me along my journey and, and how we become who I am today. I think it's really important to pay it forward and help other people um, that are starting on that journey too. Yeah. Well, so when it comes to your company's kind of recruitment drives and, you know, getting in um, graduates, and apprenticeships maybe does the company have any kind of strategies around you know making sure that you're telling these young people that you are a lgbt friendly company yeah absolutely there's a few things that we do actually so we have um, a, a recruitment team who actively go out to um universities when they have um what's the word i'm looking for when they have events for um you know looking for work yeah. Um, and it's something that they're they're all very open about from the the onset. You know, we are a, a diverse and inclusive employer. The team will be wearing our lanyards. Um, they direct them to sites like My G Work. Um, yeah. If you go to our sort of recruitment page, you will see uh, images from within the business of people with with the lanyards on. Um, mm there are sort of statements and comments from the, the employee groups, um, from myself, from Jess. Once you start within the business, you, you offer the welcome pack and there's a lanyard in there from day one. Um, so, you know, even, even if you were somebody that had um, a not very popular opinion, from the day you start within the business, you know that vocalising that opinion would not be accepted. Yeah, so I, I mean, really you're... Important right from early recruitment stages you, you you're letting potential new employees know yeah exactly where the company stands on these issues and you know that you are inclusive and supportive yeah yeah, yeah. i mean i, I, I think that's a... i think that's really important because a lot of companies don't really do that and then a new employee starts and then they kind of discover by accident oh there's an lgbt support group within the company that they, that they weren't told about during recruitment yeah you know so yeah. i think it's really important that it's you know it is openly displayed during these kind of um you know recruitment drive events so that's yeah. that's really important it's one area where my company is probably not doing enough right now we need to work harder at that yeah and, and, you know, we don't, we don't always get it right 100% of the time. And we're very honest that we're on a journey, that yeah. we, we haven't got it perfect. Mm -hmm. um, but there's, there's things we're working on. Um, we do want to kind of set up within our... So we have our internal social media and each um, support network has their own page on there. Yeah. But I think it would be really good, you know, with the onboarding process, if we have some videos that just kind of give an overview of the communities and what they stand for and what work yeah. they do. Yeah. Um, but again, something we're working on. So this is a kind of an intranet within the company. Yeah. Where yeah, all this absolutely. information is available. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't know if you've ever heard of or it's something you've discussed within your business, but the permafrost layer. No, um, I've not heard of that one. Okay, so um, when you have an employee support network that, that started from the employees, they push up from the bottom 
and you might have the you know CEO of the business who says, yeah, this is part of our strategy. It's important to me, and he pushes from the top down. In our in our sort of scenario, it's a he. Um, and then there's this permafrost layer in the middle where you have senior leaders or leadership that don't always get on board. And so those those two, the top down and the bottom up, stop in the middle. So we've been very acutely aware of that and we've done work with the managers and the senior leaders to really drive that culture so that they can, you know, um, support the networks and our sponsor, you know, she is an, an F1 member, sits underneath the, the CEO within our business. And she makes sure that whenever she holds monthly talks with her department and her sort of area, that it's always in people's minds, that they know what's coming up, they know what we're working on to really drive that culture change. And I think that's massively important. So is that is that predominantly targeted towards kind of, let's call them middle managers? Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and people who've, who've been with the company a very long time and maybe not too aware of what's going yeah. on. Yeah, I think the power of, you know, the leaders of the business driving that yeah, absolutely. It can be hugely underestimated because, you know, if you if you hear a leader saying, you know, um, well, we've just been, I think Emily mentioned it in the last podcast that we just she been did. voted in the top fifty inclusive yeah. employers. Yeah, our in, um, sort of sponsor is shouting about that all over our intranet, and and the CEO is telling us how proud he is of us as a business to have achieved that in just you know a couple of years. Um, and that's really important because you I mean, need that, that, by example. Yeah, I mean, getting getting into the top fifty. I mean, that was that was a huge achievement. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, obviously, you, you're trying to get higher up that list as well, and yeah. then having having VPs like Emily, you know, being open and talking about their experiences. I yeah. mean, I think that's critical too because if you didn't have anybody at the top level of the company, you know, vocally supporting you, it would yeah. it would be very difficult to do all the great work you're doing yeah yeah so in, in terms of kind of issues that you're working on um what what kind of things are you, are you doing within the company to you know improve diversity and inclusion things and maybe non-binary trans inclusion do you have a kind of a list of things you're working on Yes, we do. <laughs> Again, we, we take it in chunks. It's sort of bite-sized pieces. Um, because we're such a big business and because we're global, um, you know, we could have a list that, that would keep us going for years and years. Um, one of the things that we're working on at the moment globally is some of our systems. So the way we record customer information and the titles on there. Yeah. Um, now, we've only had one customer inquire about it but because we've built the culture we have straight away the people from that area have reached out to myself and you know jess and said okay well, what can we do about this and and what would you suggest because you know this area better than we do so we're currently looking at our systems and we're trying to get them amended so that we can have um you know mx titles yes um and and we already don't include gender um, as part of our system. So there's nothing there that we need to look at, but the titles is really, really important. So um, are you doing that for customers and for employees? Yes, both. Oh, wow, yeah. that's, that's yeah. interesting. 
Yeah, and again, you know, the, the, the business that we have is a very technological, very engineers-based business. So there is that, it's a male-dominated environment. Yeah. Um, and again, we've taken a stand against that. We push really hard for, you know, women engineers, women in technology, and it's the same with the community as well. So, you know, any adverse comments or adverse reactions we have, the company stands very proud against that, whether that be on social media um, or, you know, in the press. So, yeah, yeah. we're changing it for customers and for employees. So the, these, so you say you, you're kind of doing away with gender markers within your HR systems and employee records, so, or you're, so, you're allowing people to use the one, the marker they want to use. So it was something that we already, we already didn't have gender markers when it came to customers signing up to our mm -hmm. website. Yeah. Um, it was, a, it's just around the titles. There's an issue there. Um, we're working closely with all of the global markets to get that repaired and to get the right titles on there. Um, and again, like I said before, there's only one person that's inquired about that, but that doesn't mean that there's other people it doesn't affect or that we shouldn't as a business jump straight on that and fix it. Um, at the moment, we're working quite closely again with HR, so before to kind of redefine policies um, around bullying um, and around um, some protected characteristics to, to not, like I mentioned before, redefine that, but to really explain in, in depth what that means and why. Yeah. Um, and again, that's something that we as a community do quite well in our, in our monthly meetings. We have sorry. a session. Sorry, go on. Sorry. Um, one of the one of the things that my, my company has, has struggled with a little bit recently is we have HR systems and employee records where, you know, it currently has a gender marker and the only choices are male or female. Mm -hmm. So for, let's say, a trans a trans woman to change, you know, her her pronouns and, and, and gender marker to to female within that system that they're currently asked well they were currently asked by the company to produce a gender recognition certificate wow. now we've recently gone through a process of having the company update its um transgender policy it's now called the gender identity policy and one of the things that's been changed is this requirement to have a grc mm -hmm. we now it's now been changed to allow people to change the gender marker based on a passport driving license or depot so I think that's a huge yeah, change for the good. And it's also been updated to, you know, include non-binary people within the policy. Yeah. So, you know, those those kind of things are, you know, they might sound quite small and insignificant, but you know, it makes Not a real person. No, yeah. yeah, it makes a real difference to the individuals, yeah. you know, having the correct gender marker in the in their systems that they're using on yeah. a daily basis. I mean yeah, it sounds like you've been through us or are still going through a similar kind of process there. Yeah, we actually, um, what we've done is we've also built around that policy a um, support pack for managers. So if somebody does approach you within the business and, um, you know, comes out as in that they are transitioning, um, it shows you exactly as a manager what you should do. It yeah. shows you where the support is for you as a manager, where the support is for the person, um, it has a, a list of sort of tips on, you know, what is okay and what's not okay. 
but also um, it helps you with that that employee to sit down together and make a plan together. So everybody sort of goes at their own pace, um, you know, just depending on your own personal circumstances or where you are within, you know, your transition. It's really important in this pack, you sit down with your manager, you have a very open discussion about, you know, what you want to happen, what your sort of timelines are. Um, you know, it could be you've just come out and, um, you know, you, you want to change your pronouns. Um, this is the date we're going to do it with the team. This is when we're going to tell yeah. everybody. This is the support that you're going to have. You know, do you want to tell people? Do you want me to have that conversation with the team? It's a, a very personal thing. And so we've taken a very personal approach where you sit down together so that the employee's comfortable and the manager's supporting in the right way. Um, so it's an employee-driven process rather than yeah, being absolutely. dictated to by HR or managers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then on top of that, you know, there's still um, training and things that we're working on um, we've had global butterflies in before to do some some trans 101 training um, with a few of the teams but myself and Emily are looking at taking over that now with um, we have a lot of um, sales teams and people that deal with customers directly over the telephone so we think it's important to, to sort of tailor our training to to um, cover voice yeah because yeah. that's something a lot of um, trans people have real major issues with companies and, and fear of phoning up um, yeah. because of their voice. And so we want to, to have a, um, a team that completely understand and are very respectful when they're talking to that person and that they make it a pleasurable experience rather than one that sort of, you know, bothers somebody and, and yeah. you know, makes things worse in a very difficult situation. I mean, I think that's, that, that's a really important one because, I quite often get misgendered on the phone because of my voice. My voice is quite male sounding. And, yeah. um, you know, it, it's, it really makes a huge difference when you're speaking to a, a company or individual who just doesn't bring it up whatsoever. You know, it's Absolutely. just a non-issue. It's, so yeah. it's so much better. And we, and we know ourselves, you know, I've been through several sort of uh, escalated complaints um, from telephone conversations yeah, with being misgendered with my voice or, um, you know, refusing to call me by my name. Um, yeah. You know, I've, I've had some real issues with <laughs> a couple of banks recently, which yeah. is from years ago. Um, but it's important for me that I keep pushing with that because... You know, it, it might not be offending me because at the moment I've built up quite a thick skin, but there's there's other people. It's not okay, and we need to support the community and other people to make it better for them, so that they don't get put in that situation. Yeah. So as a as a customer calling your company, you know, if I'm treated respectfully and you know people don't make those mistakes, I mean, it's you know, it's that's great. I mean, that's Absolutely. the way it should be. You know, I've had I've had I've had lots of times where. I've been told by company representatives, oh, you know, you don't sound like Victoria. You know, well, well, how am I supposed to respond to that? But, you yeah. know, that's it's not just a trans person issue, though, is it? I mean, no, it's not. You know, it's, everybody has different voices. Yeah. Um, it could affect anybody. And it could. Yeah. It's just being a decent human being and understanding that if somebody's telling you that's their name, yes, and just that's their gender, believe them. that's who they are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Quite simple, really. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, another issue we've we've been deal dealing with at work is toilets and changing rooms. Yeah. And the the thing with toilets is that what, what we're trying to do there is introduce sanitary bins and vending machines and mini lockers into both the male and female toilets, so yeah. that you know both trans men, trans women are f you know are fully included within the within the toilet. Yeah. Um, and with with changing rooms, the, these are changing rooms. You know, if people are coming to work using bikes, they can. There's changing rooms where they can get changed and have a shower. Mm -hmm. So what we're doing with those is we're currently they're open plan design, and we're we're talking about introducing private cubicles within the the changing rooms for mm -hmm. you know for anybody, not just trans people, who may need or require some privacy. So, I mean, have you have you been dealing with those kind of issues as well? Um, so, again, this was a space we were just starting to move into before yeah. COVID hit. Um, we had introduced um, unisex toilets throughout the business. Yeah. Um, and the first one we ever did was in our reception area. Um, because, again, off the bat, as soon as you come into the business, the first thing you see is a unisex toilet. Um, that, again, shows what we stand for. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that's where we've got to. Obviously, there's there's barely anybody in the office at the moment, given COVID. Um, yeah, obviously. So it, it, it's the next step really once we're back there are things we'll be looking at and um you know for myself again as a trans man with the, the sanitary bins in the toilet it's yeah it's something that i wanted to to broach and discuss and yeah i mean and again, it's a really simple thing to do yeah absolutely. it's a cheap simple thing to do and it, you know it's so so much appreciated i think it's it's a, yeah. it's a really quick a quick win as they say yeah and and as you mentioned um you know it's making toilets safe for everybody yeah um i mean there, there seems to be two schools of thought i mean one is introduced you know gender neutral bathrooms, toilets, mm -hmm. and the other is to use what you've already got, as in male and female, but make mm -hmm. them completely inclusive. Yeah, yeah, so, so we, we took that approach, we've got both. Yeah. Yeah, so you, you have So, you know, it's not, always, it's not always easy to convert your male-female bathroom into a, mm -hmm. into a, you know, you know, one unit that accommodates everybody. Yeah. You know, and there's a lot of expense involved in doing that. So, I mean, maybe maybe the best way to do it is to do it in stages. If you if you're having a new build, you could yeah. probably go with the, you know, the latest, um, kind of non-gendered bathrooms. Yeah. But where if you if you're talking about older buildings, rather than convert them, just make sure that they're both fully inclusive. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, have a kind of a staged way of doing it. Yeah, and again, it's personal preference, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, for, for me, my toilet at home is unisex. Yes, exactly. Anybody can use my toilet, yeah. <laughs> um, and you can lock the door. <laughs> so yeah, I think I think the key is, I mean, how how do you include non-binary people? I think that's the that's the hardest part. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So that that you know that's why I think we took the approach of having both. Yeah. Um, so there's a, there's uh, a choice. Yeah, and again, it's about including everybody, isn't it? So it is absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, have you do, have you looked into working with other companies? I mean, you you have your Spectrum organization. Have you kind of looked into working with other companies within your industry and seeing if they have 
similar organizations and working together on on certain topics yeah yeah so um because we're distributors we have a lot of suppliers that we work very closely with um and we we know of uh, a few of our suppliers that have very similar support groups um and again things we were starting to look into before covid hit um it's been a real pain in the yeah, it has. um but I, I had a big, big sort of ambition of having our own RS Pride at some point. And what I would love to do with that is to Im, Im, invite lots of other businesses to come and talk about their networks and, um, you know, and their business, really, and make it a sort of working pride. Um, so that, that was something I'd, I'd mentioned. We haven't got into the, the planning or the, the finalising of that, but I think that'd be a really great idea. Because not only um, can employees and customers kind of see that we we all believe in the same thing and we all have similar groups, but I think we can learn from each other. Yeah, I mean, we all have things. we all have similar similar groups. You've got Spectrum, we've got yeah. Outlink UK, and we're we're dealing with the same topics, the same issues, and trying to yeah. solve the same problems. I mean, it only for me, it only makes sense that we all kind of get together once in a while just to discuss how we've yeah. resolved issues and how we've, you know, been able to change things. I think there's a, yeah. I think currently we're, we're missing out on a, on a huge opportunity there by kind of staying siloed in our individual companies. You yeah. know, there's, there's probably a lot of work that could be done across, you know, across those boundaries. Yeah. And I mean, again, that's the, the power of diversity, isn't it? Yeah. You, you, we all bring something different to the table. We all have different yeah. ideas and something might've worked really well for our business that, you know, we're more than happy for somebody else to take and, and share within theirs. Do you mean? I mean, so on on that kind of note, I mean, it would be great to for for you and I to, um, you know, connect yeah. our organisations together and see if there's any way we can work on things, yeah. you know, yeah, together. Great. Come up with yeah, common really solutions. Yeah. I mean, there there is a quite a large organization that started up within the defense sector, which is called Pride and Defense. I think this is mainly mm -hmm. to do with British Army and Royal Navy. Yeah. And, it, you know, within those organizations, they are they do tend to be very conservative and they're, they're making great steps forward in diversity. You know, yeah. BAE System has been part of that world. They're starting to connect with those organizations within Pride and Defense and, and making these connections. Yeah. I think it needs to go wider, you know, it needs to go across the whole of industry. Yeah. Because we're all dealing with the same topic, you know, it's... Um, it's yeah. A... And, and we're also, you know, part of a minority group. So you yeah. might have one or two trans people in your business and you, you've asked for their input on an idea or, you know, something that you're changing. That doesn't mean that everybody feels the same way. And then you run the risk of you know, not considering everybody. Yeah. Whereas if you link groups up together, then you can get a consensus. Yeah, you get a, bro a broader sure. kind of yeah, opinion. Broader yeah, much yeah. Better. yeah, absolutely. And, and are you also working towards getting on the Stonewall uh, Top 100 Index? I believe so. Um, there, there have been discussions recently. Um, so again, not sure what stage we're at with that, but yeah, something on my list to, to follow yeah. up. I mean, the, the, these organisations have lots of different indexes. I mean, Stonewall has an LGBT index. They also have a, a trans index. And I think yeah. there's other organisations similar to Stonewall that have 
different top 100 yeah. or top 50 indexes. I know you've yeah. you're already on one, but yeah, those, those are things that even we're working to you know to improve. And I think our current position on the Stonewall is 250 something, and we're trying to get into the top 100. Yeah, within yeah. the next three or four years, you know. So yeah. these things yeah. take time, but. They do. And I think we're, we're kind of just sort of learning what there is out there and yeah. you have to kind of put your own applications in and things like that. So we we have been nominated for an award for the um, IT, ITV Diversity Awards, um, which keeps getting pushed back further and further. Um, myself and Emily were looking forward to a, a night out in Liverpool for the award ceremony. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but again, you know, over the past week or so, then we've just seen that this can happen, that we've been involved with, have just opened up some some sort of nominations as well, and we want to put ourselves forward for those. Um, so, you know, it's it's finding out where you can be involved, really, and what other businesses yeah. are doing, and, and then, you know, getting it, getting into it. So, yeah, yeah to see bigger and greater things coming for, for the future for us. Yeah. So, Excellent. So um, we're, we're coming up to the hour. So yeah, um, it sounds like you're doing some amazing work. And um, yeah, more strength to you. Thank you. Thank and you. A big thank you for coming on the podcast and having a chat today. It's, it's been you. really interesting and useful. Yeah, uh, thank you for having hope, me. Uh, yeah, well, you're very welcome. And um, I hope that, you know, the people who listen to this can, you know, take on board some of the things we spoke about and uh, Mm-hmm. you know move things forward so yeah so big thank you thank you very much i've really enjoyed myself with you it's been lovely yeah so hopefully speak to you and emily soon absolutely okay thank you very much thank you Bye-bye. bye